This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Lieber. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We baked in a 55% drop-off in consumption in our, in our modeling, uh, which is ridiculously high. If it, even if it dropped off 55%, we're still raising $95 million a year. That was Mayor Kenny back in May of 2016 in his uh, support of the soda tax. Good evening, everybody, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. And a good Saturday evening, and a welcome into what will be a dynamic and a great show. Danny Grace is in uh, the studio tonight. He is the secretary treasurer of Teamsters Local uh, 830. We'll get to Danny and bring him in, J Doc, to the conversation uh, in just a moment. But before we do, uh, a real treat waiting for uh, Danny Grace. Uh, uh, and his nephew Kyle, when his, he arrived, his grandson, his, or his Kyle. grandson Kyle, when he arrived at the uh, studio, uh, we start with our setting of the table as we do every night. Tempanies. Dinner tonight, Jay Doc, uh, proudly presented by the Bruno Brothers, and a great. Uh, antipasta tray for us tonight, and I had to go that way because uh, I'm 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 eliminating a lot of the breads and carbs out of my out of my daily routine. As am I, and so you know we're going <laughs> carb free tonight. Uh, we're going a little little sophisticated, some cheeses and some some uh, you know I guess. You know, different types of meats and stuff like that, and so uh, it's I'm, not I'm, your normal deal. You're not. Well, I started not, my diet yesterday, Krause. I told you I couldn't have cheesesteaks tonight, man. I, I got to go at least two days before, like, at least till Monday, till I break this thing. But uh, definitely outstanding. Great, you know, the Bruno Brothers is awesome. Fresh meats, great cheeses. Great spot. Underrated. I was over at Ninth and Samson today, picking up, picking everything up for the big show. Uh, I want to give all the guys over there a big shout out. They got everything together for me and providing our uh, our dinner table tonight as we set our table on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Uh, coming up at 7.18 tonight, David O, Councilman at Large, uh, will join us. Chris Woods, VP of 1199C, will be along at 7.34. And Mike Barnes, the President and Business Manager of IATSE, will be in. We'll talk about the Walnut Street Theory. So we are loaded. But as we started the broadcast uh, tonight here on Saturday Night Live, you heard uh, some of the numbers uh, that were uh, Mayor Kenny was um, uh, telling a reporter, and that was over a year ago, and I bring in our guest now, Danny Grace, uh, who's in to not only share numbers, uh, but also put the reality behind uh, what the mayor said then and what he's saying now. Danny, welcome into the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What, what a stark uh, contrast from what he said in May of 16 to uh, uh, September of uh, 2017. Very different. Yep. I mean, you know, we talked about, and so, you know, we've had several times and over the last year or so, we've talked about the soda tax and the great benefits it's going to have for, for pre-K and for the rebuild and, and, and with jobs, uh, but there's two sides to every coin. And so that's why we're happy to have Danny Grace here, who, like you said, Secretary Treasurer and Business Manager of Teamsters Local 830. And Danny's on the front lines with this thing, and, and we've gone back a while uh, with him here, and, and uh 
you know, he's got a story to tell, and, and certainly we're an equal opportunity platform. Dan, uh, like like Joe said, welcome, welcome to the uh, show, and and uh, glad to have you here. And let, let's sort of start at the beginning. Uh, what did you think the first time you heard of the soda tax at the at the you know at the extreme level that you know that it that it became that it wasn't just a two cents uh, you know a, a, a bottle type thing. It was you know it was a pretty hefty tax. Well, you got to remember, Joe, I've been at this since 2008 when Mayor Michael Nutter started it. And through his two terms, we won that uh, drive against him. We Councilman then, Jim Kenney, was our staunch supporter um, in helping defeat that. And today, when it came out, I, I didn't believe that it was coming out the way it was. Remember, it came out as three cents per ounce only on sugar-sweetened beverages. And at the very last minute, he decided to lower that and put it across the board on all beverages, uh, diets, and uh, juices. Hundred percent's not taxed, but anything that has a flavoring in it is. Okay. So across the board, so it actually came out worse than he originally proposed it. Now, when th- you say worse, Danny, you mean what? Because you know what the way it's proposed, it's now. It's now attached to over 4,000 items in a supermarket where people just think it's a sugary drink tax when it's not. It's it's diets. It's anything that has a flavoring in it, anything that has a syrup in it. Sports drinks. Yeah, all the above. Now, um, here's a question. You know, we're talking, Joe, you're just talking about the numbers. And we, you know, I guess a while, several shows back, the first projections, the first that they brought in the mayor um, had said that you know that, that the numbers were consistent with what his predictions were. Um, is it working? Uh, tell me what what the numbers are in regards to um, how it's impacting uh, you know our community, including you know the workforce. Who's getting hit by this? In other words, well, everybody's getting hit, Joe, across the board. From my members losing their jobs, losing income. Okay, most of my members today. Uh, have lost 50% of their take-home pay. Tell our listeners who your members are, Dan. I represent all of soda. So Coke, Pepsi, Canada Dry, Cot Beverages, Dr. Pepper, 7-Up. Everybody is under my... And they're all the drivers. Well, they're everybody. So it could be somebody making a soda. It could be somebody delivering a soda. It could be somebody (laughs) putting it on the shelf. could be the salesman that has to go out and sell it into the store. And, you know, most of my members are paid base and commission on cases delivered. So, you know, when this thing first hit, they were delivering and the store owner would say, wait a minute, I'm not paying that tax, take it out. So now my guy has to touch it twice and he don't get paid for it. You know, it's all things that the mayor never took into account, never. Now, uh, let's talk about some of the numbers that you were talking about. what the the shopping centers, for example, well, the, the the supermarkets in the city of Philadelphia have probably been hit the hardest. If you just take five uh, the five big supermarkets in the city, if they're selling a million dollars a week in in receipts, they're losing three hundred and four thousand dollars lost in sales. Not in only week? for a week, a week, and that's proven. That's a study that was done by Stanton and Associates. We have the facts and the figures. Danny, are the numbers and the scale, just so everybody can, in its simplest terms, make sense of it, 
are the numbers a um, a complete debacle from what were what were presented to us to the public? Well, if you're asking me what the mayor had said originally, ninety million dollars for rebuild and pre-K versus what he actually got, thirty-seven million or thirty-nine million today, yes, we. We did not. He did not get what he thought he was going to get. And in order to get, so if if, if they're getting thirty million or whatever the whatever the number is, which is a third or whatever the math is of the projection, in order to get that, it cost this, right? Is sure, that- sure. Just think, sales tax lost. Income tax lost, business taxes lost because people are not buying the soda in the city. They're going out into the counties or they're going across the river. We've even seen ads from across the river where the supermarkets have right in their flyers that they'll pay your $5 toll if you go over there and and, and you spend X amount of dollars. Really? That's yeah. crazy. Have you spoken to the mayor on this and, and, and have you talked to him directly and, and, and raised your concerns? I have not had an audience with the mayor. I've written letters to him. I've placed phone calls to him asking, can we sit down? Can we try and find out, find another way, an alternative? I have not gotten a response back from him yet. Secretary Treasurer of the Teamsters Local 830, Danny Grace, is in the studio with us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor. Danny, what do you make of the of the conversation um, most recent, uh, Mayor Kenny uh, talking about the number of students uh, enrolled uh, in pre-K, um, in school. Um, there was a reference to a large number of students that were on a waiting list um, that couldn't, uh, I'm assuming that meant that they couldn't get in, uh, that they couldn't get into the pre-K. What do you make of that conversation? Well, it's nice of the mayor to be on TV and sitting there drawing his right hand with the little kids. I got that. I understand that. The numbers that he put forth, I don't know if they're true or they're not. Just like what he said he was going to get in the soda tax. I don't know. Uh, he says there's 900 people on a waiting list. That may be true, but where? Where at in the city? Where is these 2,000 kids that he says are enrolled? What parts of the city are they in? He went from 400 to 2,000. How is that possible? Well, then, you know, I talked to you before the show, and you, mm-hmm. you said to me, that you're you're, you're um, sup- obviously supportive of the pre-K, and you know, in other words, you realize there's a need for pre-K, and obviously the rebuild is important to a lot of people, and and uh, obviously you know you're you're for those things. Uh, however, um, your basic concern was on the backs of your members. Um, you know, you get the, the the babies getting thrown out with the bathwater. I absolutely have no issue with pre-K with the rebuild program, but it cannot be on the back of backs of one industry and one industry alone. We can't foot the bill for everything. What happens when the next issue comes down the line? Does Is Soda then going to have to pay for that? I mean, you know, that's w- one of the issues that we have, that the only ones pay, uh, paying the bill right now are people that work in Soda, and the mayor is constantly talking about the soda industry is holding him up. Well, you know what? He forgets over the last hundred years, the soda companies have been the city of Philadelphia's hometown partners. Every time they needed a sponsor, one of the soda companies was there. Every time they needed money for PAL or one of the uh, the agencies in the city, 
the soda company stepped up and made sure that he had the money. And not only that, but when he was looking to uh, have uh, school started for um, internet and computer-based stuff, one of the owners of of one of our soda companies, he stepped to the plate and built a school here, right here in the city. Uh, so I don't understand how a, fl- a thriving business, as it is, Coke, Pepsi, Canada Dry, all of them, how they think that one industry can foot the bill for all issues out there. Do you think, Danny, that, that Mayor Kenny, as as he stands at City Hall today, feels as though... The soda tax has been a success? You know, Joe, I, I'd really like to ask him that question. I, I honest to God, would like to be able to get into his office and ask him that. Or, hey, uh, anywhere, him or his deputy mayor or anybody, I'd like them to explain to me how they think this is a good thing. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. We'll talk, we're talking and we'll continue uh, to talk with Secretary Treasurer of the Teamsters Local 830, Danny Grace, who's in the studio uh, with this Conversation tonight is soda tax. The real numbers. What are they and what do they mean? We'll continue our conversation uh, with Danny Grace plus Councilman at Large, David O. Uh, will join us coming up after our first break. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210, WP. PhD presented by Weinerman Payne and Wellness, powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano. Don't forget coming up uh, at 48 748, Mike Barnes uh, will be along the president and business manager of IATSE. Two stagehands wrongly fired from the Walnut Street Theater. We'll deal with that and bring Mike Barnes uh, into the conversation as we continue enjoying DeBruno Brothers in between uh, the breaks. Don't forget Dan Loney from 8 to 11 uh, tonight as he takes you into the night. Um, Danny Grace in the studio, Secretary Treasurer of the Teamsters Local 830. Danny, let me get you to give more numbers, more facts, more realities. Perception and reality, sometimes they don't line up. Numbers in the city, numbers in the surrounding communities, what are they, and the suburbs? Well, if you're talking about loss of sales in the city, on an average, is about 45% down from what was a year ago. And uptick on the outskirts, the five-mile fringes, are up 15% or more. So So just simple math, you're still down 30%. The soda companies are a 30% loss. 45%. Put that in in numbers for me, in in, in math, in, in money. What does that mean? I don't have them figures in, in math or money. It's a money, big number. It's, I, it's a big percentage. But if you look at the supermarkets today and what they're, they're telling us and the newspapers, 50% loss to them is about $300,000 a week. When you equate that to jobs, all right, it, right now that's about 200 full-time jobs plus part-time jobs. And then it trickled down from there. It, it keeps going down. Those people were the people that paid their taxes, paid the sales tax, and, and we're, we're losing all that now. So one little thing has rippled into one big thing now. So, um, you know, this is a conversation we've been having for quite some time, and um, we're happy to bring into the conversation uh, City Councilman at Large David O to uh, add to the discussion. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Hello, Joe. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to have you, uh, and, and certainly, uh, obviously, this is a—it's you know, been a volatile topic 
in the city. A lot of people, there's been a lot of positive, um, you know, uh, comments and discussion and support. And then there's been obviously some casualties of war. And, um, you know, we're, and we're here talking about the other side. Uh, tell me your thoughts, David, uh, from the from the beginning. In other words, what was your initial? You didn't support the soda tax. Um, and yeah, what, yeah, what, was, I, what was your initial reason? Yeah, I didn't support the soda tax. I mean, I think um, the main thing is that I, I believe uh, that it is unnecessary. That That's my belief. And when I look at the budget, uh, when I looked at the budget and when I look at the budget, I believe that the funds necessary to achieve what was desired uh, exist in the budget. It's a question of priorities. Uh, but in the budget, there is uh, usually a, an amount of money that is unidentified. And it could be used for good reasons, uh, but I just don't know what it is. As a council person who has to vote on the budget, I don't know what it is for. And therefore, to me, that is unidentified money. I can imagine what some of it is for, but there's a large portion of that money that I, I really don't know what it's for. And um, maybe somebody thinks it's a good reason. Maybe I think uh, that it is not worth implementing a soda tax. Soda tax has a lot of adverse consequences for our city, for our workers, uh, and, and especially for those who live in poor communities. Um, the second thing is that I... You know, I, I, like anybody else, would like to see um, a lot of things improved. But, but if you're going to uh, improve something at the cost of something else, then we have to put that on the scale of balance. People losing jobs, um, people uh, losing income at their businesses, people paying uh, increased amounts of money, you know, in neighborhoods. Is it worth what happened uh, with uh, pre-K? And uh, for me personally, uh, I have been a strong a supporter and continue to be a strong supporter of public schools, public education, uh, K through four is what we were committed to. Pre-K is a new thing. I'm not clear on what kind of uh, value it has when you don't improve uh, kindergarten through fourth grade uh, if you simply do pre-K. So for those reasons, to me, it was not... Um, it didn't merit a uh, the harm that was done by the soda tax. Councilman at large, David O, uh, joining us on the line. Uh, let me ask Danny Grace to weigh in on the councilman's reference to a uh, to a balance on scale, and then I'll ask Councilman to factor in Danny your numbers um, that appear to strongly support what Councilman O is saying. It doesn't make the, the, the numbers don't add up. They don't make sense. They just don't work the way they are being proposed to us. As I stated before, we have absolutely no issue with pre-K, none whatsoever. All right, but tell us how it works. Let us know how it works because, you know, 100% of the money was supposed to be earmarked for pre-K. Now less than 49% is earmarked for it. Um, it's going into pension money. It's going into general fund. David could explain it better than I can. Uh, but, you know, $90 million or $96 million, whatever he said he was going to get in the very beginning, he's not going to hit that mark. And in the meantime, he's causing a lot of harm and a lot of undue stress to the average citizen out there who's getting hit over the head when they got to pay for this egregious tax. David? Well, um, you know, I, I kind of stated my position. I, I don't think that this tax is necessary. Um, 
And uh, for me, uh, I, I haven't looked at um, the specifics of what Danny Gray said. Um, uh, I have to, of course, you know, I, I take him at his word. But you know, as a councilman, I have to do, I have to vet those those numbers and things. But they do correspond with the numbers that I've seen. Uh, uh, in general, I understand and believe uh, through my review that there has been a sharp decrease. Um, in um, business and sales within Philadelphia, but an increase outside of Philadelphia. In other words, people are simply uh, foregoing doing business in Philadelphia and going across the border, uh, and new habits have been developed. Um, people who used to not go to, for example, uh, BJ's in Delaware County, um, uh, you know, they go there now. And, and that has changed their buying habits, not just for soda, for a lot of other things. And, and, and that is one of the things that, that we, we struggle with. Um, the most important thing that we can do, uh, at least in terms of um, our responsibilities in, in council and, and providing you know, the city service, is to ensure that we're getting revenues from employed people, people who are working, taking care of their own families, taking care of their own communities, and having the extra revenues through their taxes to support our public needs. Now, David, um, I know you got to run, and I really do appreciate you calling in on this on this topic. It's a, been a very volatile topic, and and uh, we appreciate obviously you calling in. But um, before you go, I'd like to uh, ask you about uh, an event that uh, you're supporting next week, uh, supporting the Green Berets, uh, and it's a big event that that uh, you know you're you're. Uh, really championing. Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, yeah. Well, well thank you for bringing that up, uh, Joe, and thank you for your support. Um, this is actually Friday, uh, October the 6th, 6 p.m. Uh, at 6th in Washington, a place called Saigon Maxim Restaurant. Uh, seats about 250 people, and that's what we're expecting. We have uh, a fundraiser for the Green Berets, U.S. Army Green Berets. They serve our, our nation. They put themselves at risk. We like to put their uh, minds at ease. What they worry about, of course, is their families. Um, and uh, so we're raising money for the scholarship fund uh, to support their children and their dependents' education. It's only $65, so we're not going to make much money off of the ticket sales. That includes dinner, entertainment, all that type of stuff. Uh, but then we'll have an auction of some really great uh, sports stuff, some jewelry, all kinds of tickets, hotels, getaways, and we'll raise our money that way. So we ha we are offering bargains that people are going to truly enjoy while supporting a great cause. We'll have uh, former Governor Ed Rendell, the current Speaker of the House, Mike Terzai, former Undersecretary of the Army, um, and former Congressman Pat Murphy, uh, and some other very good guests um, in terms of uh, substantive folks that will be talking about, uh, you know, what's going on uh, with the veterans, with the Special Forces. But we'll also be joined by um, Danny Swift-Garcia, WBC, WBA, World Boxing Champion, and other celebrities, uh, the Second Street Irish uh, pipes and drums. Uh, and, and of course, and, of course, I'll be yeah. there. So you know that's important. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> saving the best for last. But <laughs> himself, Joe Doc Junior. Yes, you can't get better than that. Danny, I mean, uh, uh, Councilman, uh, yeah. I want to. Yeah, you got ahead of yourself. He, you got he me. Pumped <laughs> some air. He pumped some air in the balloon over there, that's Jay right. Doc. You lost composure there for a yeah. minute, uh, Councilman. I uh, want to thank you for your support on that event. It's a big. I know it, it's near and dear to our armed forces, and uh, you know we, we we thank you for that, and we really appreciate your time calling in. Thank you very much. All right. Good stuff from Councilman at Large David O. Joining us, the Green Beret Foundation uh, is what. Uh, 
Councilman O was referring to, um, and you can get more information from David down at City Hall if you don't already, but just search Green Beret great, uh, great Foundation. Event. Be a great event. And Danny Garcia being there, that's pretty big stuff. Uh, so pretty good stuff on a great night coming up in October. We're going to take a commercial break here on Saturday Night Live. Danny Grace is staying with us. We're going to continue uh, the conversation. Chris Woods, VP 1199C, will join us. He'll weigh in. This will bring an interesting dynamic to the conversation back in a moment. We baked in a 55% drop-off in consumption in our, in our modeling, uh, which is ridiculously high. If, even if it dropped off 55%, we're still raising $95 million a year. Back here live on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Danny Grace, the Secretary Treasurer of the Teamsters Local 830, is joining us in studio. Danny, I played that bite at the, that sound bite from Mayor Kenny at the start of the show tonight at 7.03. I wanted to play it again because in conversation, when you listen to what he's saying, he's it, to me, it sounds like Mayor Kenny is saying... Even if they're off by 50%, $90 million is going to be generated, and that's just not accurate. That's true. It's not accurate. You know, when he first proposed this, he was saying in his figures it would decline. Sales would be declining by 27%. He just said if it if it declines 55%, they're still going to make $90 million. Well, in reality, it's down 45%. And he's posting a number of thirty nine point seven million. The math does not add up. So we're going to bring in uh, Chris Woods, Executive uh, Vice President of Eleven Ninety Nine C, to the conversation. Chris, welcome to the show. How you guys doing? We're doing good. And we're doing good in here, Chris. We just wish you were in the studio tonight, yeah. man. But we'll take you by phone. Welcome in, brother. Thank you, man. It's my grandmother's eightieth birthday. Oh, I'm, stepping, yeah. I'm stepping away from the party to to come talk to you guys, man. We appreciate it, buddy. And, and uh, you know, we're talking about the soda tax and the fact that there's two sides to it. And uh, you and I talked yesterday a little bit, and certainly initially you guys supported the uh, the, the soda tax, as, as did a lot of labor unions. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about some of the issues that have occurred that, you know, have, have come up since it's uh, been implemented. Um, yeah, I mean... Um we initially supported the soda tax. I mean, I definitely, personally, Chris Woods have some concerns now with uh, some of the reports that I've seen and things that have come out. Um, you know, obviously, as you guys just talked about, the numbers um, don't seem to really add up. But uh, one of the things where I'm at on it is, look, whatever the numbers come out to be, you know, I want to make sure that the revenue that's that's going to be generated from this is distributed fair across all neighborhoods. I think that needs to be looked at. I think that they really need to, you know, and I don't, I'm not in it on a day-to-day basis, but I think, you know, Danny needs to be a part of the conversation moving forward because it has an impact on his members, it has an impact to the community. And one of the things that I really uh, think that needs to be addressed um, probably before um, or I wish would have been addressed before this whole thing went through, is that there's a number of big-time employers in this city who don't pay their fair share of taxes that I think could have generated the same amount or, or if not, even more. Um, that could go to the same things when you talk about providing quality, uh, you know, early childhood education for folks, when you talk about, you know, improvements and expansions to rec centers for the community. I think there's a whole host of things that need to be brought to this conversation now moving forward. And I hope that uh, Mayor Kenny and the administration can sit down and do that. 
You're right, Chris. There are a lot of employers in the city that do not pay their fair share of taxes. Um, and, you know, when you think about that and you think outside of the box, you have two Fortune 100 companies in the city of Philadelphia that have always been the city's hometown partners for whatever the city needed. That's Coke and Pepsi and Canada Dry, for that matter. And they are stable industries within the city. And I would think that the mayor would want Fortune 100 companies to stay here as he's trying to bring Amazon to the picture today moving forward. Now, is that the next thing that they tax in in this unfriendly business world in the city of Philadelphia? Uh, Chris, you you mentioned something interesting about bringing Danny to the table. Uh, Danny stated a little while ago that he's done everything he possibly can obviously to, to, to get a seat at the table and, and uh, has been unable to achieve that. And in the meantime, his members, um, you know, he's, 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 you know, they're losing jobs and obviously income. Um, how do you, how does that happen? How does Danny get well, to the table? How does somebody answer me, the phone I, at city I hall? Think, let me just say this. First of all, Danny knows, uh, he's my guy. Uh, Danny has helped Chris Woods when he didn't have to help Chris Woods on a lot of different things in the city of Philadelphia. I think what needs to happen is just like, you know, uh, I would look back a few years ago when, you know, for example, D.C. 33 and 47 couldn't get contracts and different things like that mm-hmm. with the administration at that time. What happened? Labor partners stepped up and said, listen, I know it's not us, but you got to get them a seat at the table. We're going to demand that you, you hear them out on their concerns and their issues. I think we're probably at the point where we have to do the same thing for Danny because in this labor movement, um, there's not too many people that you'll find like a Danny Grace, that I, as a young guy coming up the ranks right now, in my estimation of what we have in this city of labor leaders, um, I'm, I'm just being totally honest. You will not find a better guy than Danny Grace. Um, he, he, you can go to bed at night. When Danny tells you he can do something, you can rest assured it's going to get done. If he tells you he can't do it, then you know he can't do it. But uh, he's been a good guy. He's been a partner of our uh, over here with me and Henry. For a lot of years, he supported a lot of things that 1199C had going on. And I think it's just time for us to step up. We all have, you know, our own relationships with the mayor and the uh, administration over there. And I think we got to demand that he has a seat at the table. I think we all need to be there because ultimately it impacts all of us, his members, our members who are members of the community who who come to me all the time. It's like, Chris, I can't afford to pay these, uh, you know, increased taxes on, on these beverages. And then you look around and see major, major employers in this city or businesses in this city who have the money and resources to do it, and we just don't collect on it. Uh, Chris, well said. Certainly, uh, you know, a plan you know, based on what you're talking about, these see, these employers that, that have uh, are not paying their fair share of taxes, uh, we've, we've talked about that many times. How do we come up with a plan? To, uh, to to advise that and and and, uh, and and to make sure that one union doesn't become the sacrificial lamb for for one program. Well, I think it, it starts with good quality research. I mean, a lot of people, um, to me, have some you know hidden agendas with this whole thing. But I think it's good quality research that says, "Hey, here's the employer. Here's how much they they make in business off of our off of our citizens in Philadelphia. Here's how much revenue they bring in." We need to be taxing them. And when you tax them, we can make X, right? And then that X amount of dollars need to go to a a whole list of programs that the city needs to, you know, take a look at. I think even if we, you know, uh, really started getting these guys to pay their fair share, I think not only would you be able to improve 
quality education at the pre-K level, but I think for the whole Philadelphia school district would be okay. I think um, there's there's a number of different – we could have quality uh, rec centers for kids to go to. And one of the things that I've said to the administration is, for me, why I really had to take another another look at it is because I was a kid growing up in these inner cities where that counselor, that coach, that mentor that was at a rec center is the only thing that kept me out of trouble. And I think before we go down this path of where we're just going to talk about taxing these beverages and using this money to improve those things, we got to make sure it's fair. We got to make sure it's equitable. We got to make sure it reaches all the commu- all the um, all of the communities, not just one community or one certain area or one person's, uh, you know, special interest. I think what needs to happen for labor, how we get out of this, is I think we need to get back to, you know, really, really meeting around some serious issues, this being one. Um, and, and, again, we need to demand that, listen, Danny has to have a seat at the table. His members are directly impacted for this. I think we need to do what we did similar, like I said, back when, I can remember when DC 33 and 47 had issues of getting a contract with the current with the with that current administration at the time and I can remember all of labor stepping up for people who that wasn't their fight but a lot of people stepped up and that made those things possible for them to move in a different direction. I think we need to get back to that kind of solidarity. Um it takes some real leadership. It takes people putting their egos and different issues aside and we got to be willing to do that especially for guys and a union like Danny's where, again, I'm just a young guy, not really having that many years in this game. But in 10 years in the game, I know that Danny's been one of the guys who he is a good guy. He stands by other unions um, when you need his support. And I think we can't allow for his union and his members to be sacrificial lambs or for us to turn our backs on him. That cannot happen. That, that can't happen. And, and I – I've been preaching this on a number of issues, not just the soda tax, but a number of issues where I personally haven't been happy with certain things. And I've told other unions, like, look, I know this isn't your fight, but this could be you guys tomorrow if we all don't step up. Uh, Chris, uh, well said. Uh, want to thank you for, for, for your frank statements. And uh, certainly Danny wants to say something to you before you go. And Chris, I appreciate that. I, it, you know, it's always a pleasure to work with you, uh, and we will continue to work in the future. But it, exactly what you said is exactly what we've been asking for since day one. We want a partnership. We have ideas, and we're willing to come to the table. And thanks again. And Chris Woods, the vice president of 1199C. And Chris, even though we have the Bruno brothers in studio tonight, it certainly does not trump uh, an, a celebration of uh, an 80th birthday. Happy thank birthday, you, Grandma. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you, guys. All right, good, good stuff on Saturday Night Live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Before we go to the break, Danny, I just want you to comment. When you hear uh, Chris Woods um, rallying behind uh, you, uh, and your local and your union to get a, a, a justified seat at the table. Is that what it's going to take to change the narrative and, and perhaps get this into a conversation where the soda tax is potentially repealed? Is that is that what we're back we're on the table or back on the table? Listen, I think Chris is sending a message to all of labor. Not not just from 1199C, but I think he's asking all of labor to take a look at what they have in front of them today and do what we do best. Unite. Let's get back to solidarity and let's get to the table. 
whoever, me, whoever wants to come to the table, I, I, I welcome them. Uh, all we want to do is be treated fairly. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, Mike Barnes, President and Business Manager from IOTC, will join us. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, what's happening at the Walnut Street Theater. Stay with us. Back in a moment. Back here live on Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Special thanks uh, again to Chris Woods, VP of 1199C, uh, for joining us as we come to you live. Want to get right to the phones, J-Doc, with Mike Barnes uh, and bring him in. As we talked about in the very, very beginning of the show, two stagehands wrongly fired uh, from the Wall Street Theater. Let's bring Michael into the conversation. Mike, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Tell us what's going on. Hey, Doc, thanks for having me. It's, uh, It's actually the Walnut Street Theater, which is the longest continuous running english-speaking theater in the world it's been around for hundreds of years and our union's been in there since 1893 representing the people (laughs) over the labor day weekend they fired two individuals one of them for exercising his wine garden rights simply just asked to have union representation there they sent him out of the building fired him the other one for a medical disability Made no accommodations, no conversations, found out he had a medical disability, and fired him on the spot. Mike. Both of them illegal. We filed, you know, filed up on it. You've been, you've, been, um, you know, you've been under contract with the Walnut Street Theater for, like you said, 100 years, over 100 years. What, uh, what gives? What, 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 is the, uh, what is the reason for this? Well, I think you have an overzealous uh, management staff, and, and Joe, you know this happens, right? It ebbs and flows, and, and, and that's what labor's here for. It, it's to stop that flow when, when, when they take advantage of the workforce. And if we weren't there, if the unions weren't there, if the representation wasn't there, these guys would be out looking for another job. But because we're there, we have a grievance and arbitration. We're following that process. We also have the ability uh, within our contract to... to uh, to take some work actions as long as we don't strike. And, and we're exercising those options by uh, handbilling and social media informing the public of what happened. Now, let me just say something. Uh, you, you, you talk about the, the Weingarten uh, rule. Let me just, uh, it takes two seconds uh, to read rule one. The employee must make a clear request for union representation uh, before or during the interview, an interview with the employer. The employee cannot be punished for making this request. Uh, and I say this sarcastically, but for the oldest English-speaking theater in in uh, you know in America, that's right there in black and white. Joe, we feel that at the end we're gonna we're gonna prevail with the uh, with the grievance process. And and people ask me, and the press has asked me, well, if you have the grievance process, why are you out handbill? Why are you making such an issue on this? And the reason I feel is anybody that that flagrantly violates the contract, that's that black and white, wine garden rights, disability rights, anybody that goes that far has no respect for the collective bargaining or or the union in that building. And that's where we had to draw a line, especially when they did it on Labor Day. It was really egregious. That's Mike, why we stepped up and we're taking action. Mike Barnes, president and business manager of IOTC Local 8, joining us here on Saturday Night Live. Mike, how... I'm struggling to understand how somebody could do that. This is not somebody that your local does not have a relationship with. This is not some, uh, an organization where conversation and dialogue has happened in the past. How do you do it? I don't get it. Well, these 
managers they have. They they have different names, uh, managing director, artistic director, whatever they call themselves, different different titles. But they, they view themselves as CEOs. They answer to these nonprofit boards, but they view themselves as the, the kings of their domain. And and you know yourself, sometimes the king gets a little overzealous and the people have to rise up to uh to say no. Now Mike, let me ask you a question to our listeners um who, you know, are appalled by this behavior. What can they do to help? So we have a, a very active uh, uh, PR campaign going out there uh, to call the theater up uh, and and just express to them that you know they're they're not going to uh, they're not going to tolerate this type of behavior towards workers. It's all over the social media. It's been all over the press. We'll continue to get that word out. Uh, and, and you allow me to come on the radio station. It's just a, another avenue. We appreciate it. Well, we'd like you to keep us up to date on this. Um, obviously, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's somebody there when who's I'm, trying to get a raise and a promotion. J-Doc, I'm reading the bullet point, and then I went back and researched the story. Discriminated against a stagehand employee with a disability and fired him. Yeah, unbelievable. The I guy mean, worked eighty hours in a row putting the uh, the show on eighty hours in a, in a short amount of period. They had they had nighttime breaks, but they worked they're working twelve hour, fourteen hour days to get the show, which is not un, uncommon in our industry. Uh, on the fourteenth day of the load in, twelve or fourteen days in, the guy suffers from a, a, a medical disability called aphasia, which indicates fatigue, right? You would figure after that many hours. Eighty hours, right? Uh, yeah. They send him home. Uh, we call up to let him you know, let him know what happened and they said, Don't bother sending him back, he's fired. <laughs> I said, You know what this is a medical disability, you know you're breaking the law. And they still took the position that he was fired. Well, I find it interesting because when people see the rat standing outside of a place, okay, it, it might not be pretty, but there's two sides to every story. And if anybody agrees with this type of behavior, they're, they're simply not American. After a story like that, uh, Mike, you know, you know how we feel about you. We know how passionate you are to, you know, advocating on, on behalf of your members before you go real quick. Um, and please do update us on that story and, and how it goes. Uh, tell us about the petition Local 8 won last week uh, to represent the stagehands at Parks Casino and Wilma Theater. So Joe, about a minute. Know the National Labor, real quick, the National Labor Relations Board is going to change under the Trump administration. We've accelerated all our organizing drives. We want a major drive with PSAV in 22 hotels uh, in February. Uh, last month, we won uh, a petition to represent these stagehands at the Wilma Theater, which has been operating for 20 years, non-union. And then on Friday, we won a petition uh, to represent the stagehands at Parks casino in their 360 lounge it's a small unit but it's another win it's three in a row uh uh for organizing which is indicates you can organize in this environment right now well listen keep up the good work mike and uh we really appreciate you calling in and again please keep us posted on that situation joe to you and the guys thanks again for uh for the time uh it's good stuff from mike barnes president and business manager of iatsi danny grayson studio uh only a minute minute 15 left in the show uh danny and i wanted to make sure we had time to give you uh last word you get last word tonight glad to have you in for the full hour and i give you last word tonight in front of the microphone joe i appreciate you having me it's an honor and a privilege you know, I just want everybody to know, not only my union members, who I keep abreast weekly and monthly, we are headed to the Supreme Court. We're waiting for our challenge to be heard. We're not going away. 
All right, we're going to continue to lobby city council. We're going to continue to lobby up in Harrisburg. We are going to do whatever we got to do to overturn this egregious tax on one industry and one industry only. Jay Doc, I'll get you to weigh in on Chris Woods saying Danny Grace deserves a seat at the table and other locals need to, it's time for other locals uh, to perhaps rally. Yeah, listen, it's very difficult to watch one industry uh, and, and one labor union take such a hit. And I agree with Chris. Uh, Danny Grace uh, and Local 830 needs to be a part of the discussion. All right. Good stuff. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned for the Dan Loney Show. He'll take you into the night from uh, 8 to 11 on behalf of Danny Grace for being uh, in the studio. J-Doc, behind the glass, everybody making it together. I'm Joe Krause. We'll see you next time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.